0: Amen. Praise the Lord. Welcome to Drive-In Church this morning. To those who will be listening to this message by podcast, greeting to you as well. It's a wonderful day today. It's the Lord's day. This is a day for the Lord, the one he has made, and we are to shout joyfully under the rock of our salvation. Today is also Mother's Day, and we honor and greet all the mothers today and are so thankful for the input of mothers into our lives and into the children, into the families I want to speak today a message entitled, A Wise Woman Builds Her House. A Wise Woman Builds Her House. The message today will not only be for mothers, it'll be for every one of us, because the principles of the Word of God apply to each person. But there will be something specific to mothers, to children, to raising children God's way as well. Proverbs 9 and verse 1 says, Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. Wisdom builds. And the wisdom we're talking about is the wisdom of the Word of God. Building the Word of God into our lives, into our families, into the house of God. Every one of us is building today. And wisdom builds her house. Proverbs 14.1 says, The wise woman builds her house... But the foolish pulls it down with her hands. The wise woman builds her house. But the foolish pulls it down, plucks it down with her hands. Again, the wise woman builds. And in that word build, we have the idea. It denotes labor, diligence, effort, initiative. The wise woman builds a house a life a family a church doesn't magically appear it is built there's much effort that's required to bring forth a proper building a proper house now in proverbs 31 we have the description of a virtuous woman or a virtuous wife proverbs 31:10 who can find a virtuous woman for her worth is far above all precious gems Who can find a virtuous woman, a virtuous wife? And I want to remind you of Proverbs 31, verses 10 to 31, that this is written in a acrostic style. And every verse follows a consecutive letter of the Hebrew alphabet, beginning with Aleph, or A, Beth, B. And the Hebrew has 22 letters, We have 26 in our alphabet, so we would say this description of the virtuous woman or wife follows the full alphabet, A to Z. And when we look at our life, and this is really the description of a day in a mother's life. It begins with A, awaking, and it ends with Zs, some sleep at the end of the day. And in between is all kinds of duty and all kinds of responsibility. So our day as a mother, as people, begins with A. It can also stand for alarm, but I like awaking better because I really don't like the sound of my alarm in the morning. I prefer to wake up a few minutes before the alarm so I can shut it off so I don't have to listen to it. But our day follows through, and a mother's day follows through from A to Z: Awaking, baking, cooking, dusting, educating, feeding. The day goes down the list. And at the end of the day, my, how good those Z's feel, don't they, as you lie down in bed. A wise woman builds. A wise woman builds. There's effort. There's a lot of diligence involved in building a strong family. A wise woman builds her house, but the Bible says the foolish pulls it down with her hands. The same hands that build can pull down. The same hands that constructed can destroy. And this morning as we begin this message, let's all of us examine our own hearts. Is there anything in my life today that is pulling down my character, my house that I'm building for the Lord? Is there any attitude in my marriage? Is there anything that would break down my marriage? Maybe you started out your marriage as a young couple, so excited about building for the future, and all you did was build and build, and you were patient and kind and loving, but years go by, and sometimes irritations and offenses and disappointments come, and the same hands that were once building can now pull down, can dishonor the wife, can dishonor the husband, can dishonor the building of the home. And so we must examine our hearts this morning. Is there anything in me that is destructive? Anything in my attitude, my speech? Have I become careless? Have I become inattentive to those things which build strength? This morning, let's set our hearts once again to make sure we're builders. The wise woman builds her house. Wisdom has built her house. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise build according to the Word of God. This morning I want us to turn to Psalm 127, five verses in this psalm. If you have your Bible, please turn to it or go to the Bible app on your phone and let's look at these words together. Psalm 127, 1 to 5. and I want to unfold this passage of Scripture. Verse 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, They labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he gives his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. They will possess the gate of their enemies. They will have victory in their life. Verse 1, again, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, The watchman stays awake in vain. We know how true these words are for those of us who are believers, followers of the Lord. Except the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. We understand and recognize the huge part that the Lord plays in the building of our lives, our families, our homes, our church. It's the work of the Lord, but he doesn't build alone. For we are laborers together with God. We understand if he doesn't build with us, we're not going to build anything of lasting value. It'll endure for a few years, a a few decades, and it'll be gone. But when we build with the Lord, unless the Lord builds and we build with the Lord, then we have something of eternal value, an inheritance that goes on into the everlasting ages of eternity. Unless the Lord builds, the Lord builds and we build with the Lord. We're laborers together with God. Except the Lord guard the city, the watchmen wake in vain. The Lord is our defense. The Lord is our stronghold. He's a high tower. He keeps watch over us. He set his angels to be in charge over us, to keep us in all our ways. Except the Lord keeps the city, the house, the family, the watchmen wake in vain. But we realize again that God keeps watch, but we also must keep watch. We must be alert, we must be vigilant, we are watchmen upon the walls of our own life, our family, our home, and the church of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, watch and pray, watch and pray. How important it is for us to labor, to build, and to watch along with the Lord in our lives. Then verse two to three, it is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, And the Bible says, don't eat the bread of sorrows. Don't feed on the sorrows. Don't feed on the disappointments. It's vain for you to rise up early, sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he gives his beloved sleep. He gives his beloved sleep. The Lord is admonishing us not to become overly burdened by the duties and the affairs and responsibilities of life. These can weigh in heavy, so that a person, when they go to bed at night, their mind is racing, their emotions are upset. All they can think about is the struggle, the turmoil, the difficulty, maybe in raising children at times, maybe with occupation, maybe the relationships. A person that can't sleep has to get up early. frenetic effort to try and take care of this life. But the Bible says it's vain for you to do that, for the Lord gives his beloved sleep. The Lord gives his beloved rest. We are not to feed on that manner of activity. But while we lay our heads on our pillow at night, if we are upset, if there's disturbance in our life, if there's agitation or frustration, that at that moment, and let a, instead of letting our mind Race on with thoughts and scenarios of what could be and the difficulty that could come. The Bible says God lives, gives His beloved rest, that we are to consciously turn our mind away from that and begin to pick up the promises of God. While you lie on your bed at night, take in the Word of God, begin to quote the Word of God, meditate in your heart, speak the words of God in your spirit, pray in the Spirit consciously set aside the bread of sorrows and begin to eat the bread of God. While the world is taking its sleeping pills and meds, we're taking our Gospels. We take in the Word of God. We take in the promises of God. And we have a nice night. We have the rest because God gives His beloved sleep. The Weymouth translation says, while His beloved sleep, God's gifts are given. While his beloved sleep, God's gifts are given. Verse 3, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. I think it's interesting that the Lord mentions sleep in verse 2 before he mentions children in verse 3. The Lord knows we need rest. Sometimes children keep parents from sleep, but God has a promise. He'll give you sleep after you look after those delightful little children he's given you verse five or four like arrows in the hand of a warrior so are children of one's youth happy is the man who has his quiver full of them they shall not be ashamed but shall speak with their enemies in the gate like arrows in the hand of a warrior every one of us are working with arrows we're working with the arrow of our own life we're working with the arrows called our children we're working with arrows of deliverance and I want to remind you this morning that there are three parts to an arrow there's the arrowhead there's the shaft and there are the feathers also called the fletching three parts to an arrow three parts to every life three parts to every child and we must sharpen the arrowhead the calling sharpen the calling We must polish the character, polish the character, refine it, and we must prepare the curriculum, the feathers, so we fly straight to our vocation, fly straight to the target that God has for our life, three parts to an arrow, as arrows in the hand of a mighty man, and there's no mightier man than the Son of Man, Jesus Christ our Lord, as arrows in the hand of a mighty man, and we are those arrows now, when we look at our lives in the natural, we know it's true that no arrow comes straight from the tree. There's no arrow that comes prepared, that comes straight, that comes ready for warfare straight from the tree. No arrow comes straight from the tree. Not from your family tree, not from my family tree, not from the tree of Adam. Every arrow has bent, warp, some twist in it, and it must be straightened out. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The image is that of archery. Somebody's shooting an arrow, their own life. But no matter the aim, no matter the strength of the person, there's not one person that can hit the target they are intended to hit. Every arrow, every life falls short. the target. The target is the glory of God. All have sinned and come short, fall short of this target. Only in Christ can we hit the target, and that target is the glory of God. Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The Apostle Paul said, whatever you do, Whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, that is outwardly and inwardly. Glorify God in your body and spirit, which are the Lord's. Only in Christ can we hit the target. And 2 Corinthians 3.18 says that we are transformed by the spirit of the Lord and by the word of God so that we go from glory to glory in our lives. When we first are shot out in Christ, you know, the target's fairly big. You can hit the target. But as you go on with God, you go from glory to glory. You begin to narrow in till you can hit the bullseye, till you can hit the target. And the Bible says that we are to go from glory to glory and to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God in our lives. In Christ, we can hit the target. Now the three parts to the arrow. Number one, the arrowhead. The arrowhead. Sharpen the calling. Jeremiah 51.11 says, sharpen the arrows. Sharpen the arrows. Make bright the arrows. Sharpen the arrowhead so it can do its damage, so it can stick where it's supposed to stick. And we, only, we not only deal with ourselves, but again, the Bible is exhorting us concerning our children, sharpen the arrows. There, is, there are a number of reasons why an arrowhead may not be sharp. One, it may have never been sharpened in the first place. We have to become proficient in the natural and in the spiritual. We have to sharpen up for spiritual life, for our call in Christ. We have to sharpen up in vocation, in calling in the natural areas. So we must sharpen up in the first place. But then an arrow can become dull by two other reasons, disuse and use. An arrow that merely is set aside in disuse loses its edge, loses its sharpness. There's corrosion and wear on it. And it speaks to us of laziness and lack of initiative. Through disuse, an arrow can become dull, but also through use, an arrow can become dull. When we're used of God, when we're used at our occupation, when we're used at our employment, there's a wear on us. Sometimes we can feel it. We feel worn. We have to go and resharpen. Every time God uses us, we have to go and resharpen for the next time he wants to use us. Maybe there's a nick in the arrow. Maybe some dullness has come by virtue of being used of God. We must resharpen ourselves and we must sharpen our children. Sharpen our children. Sharpen yourself and sharpen your children. We can't be deterred by the resistance that's in the arrow. There may be resistance in our own lives to being shaped being sharpened we have to come against that resistance because we all know what happens to us if we don't sharpen the arrow of our calling we lose in the day of battle what happens if we don't sharpen our children There's resistance. They might not want to be sharpened. They don't necessarily want to do their schoolwork. They don't necessarily want to practice their music and other responsibilities that you know will benefit them in the future. You have to persist because we all know what happens if we don't sharpen our children. They lose in the day of battle. Proverbs 29, verse 15 says, "...a child left to himself..." brings his mother to shame. A child left to himself, we all know how true it is. A child left to himself brings his mother, he brings his father to shame. A child left to himself will bring himself to ruin, and that's why we must sharpen and not be discouraged and not be disappointed, but persist and work on. Deuteronomy 6 verse 7 says, that we are to sharpen our children as you'd sharpen a weapon or an arrow. It says we are to take the words of God, the words of God, and that we are to teach them diligently to our children. The Hebrew marginal says that we are to whet or to sharpen. Sharpen your children by the words of God. Sharpen them up so that they can hit the mark and stick Sharpen them up in life, scholastically and musically, academically. Sharpen them so they can hit the target and stick. First part of the arrow is the arrowhead. Sharpen your calling. And let's stay sharp. Let's stay punctual. Let's stay proficient in our life. Let's stay sharp spiritually and naturally so we can be effective and be used of God. Number two, we have the shaft of the arrow. Polish the character, polish the character, refine the character, our personality, our attitudes, our manners. Psalm 49 verse 2 says, the Lord has made me a polished shaft. In his quiver, he has hidden me. The Lord has made me a polished shaft, and now he's put me in his quiver for when he needs to use me. The Lord has made me a polished shaft. The shaft needs to be straightened. The shaft needs to be sanded. And any bent in the shaft must be come against. So what happened in ancient days when they made the arrows? They would have a stone, and in that stone was cut a semicircular groove. And the arrow would be put in that groove in the stone and be pulled back and forth and be rotated, be sanded any bent in that arrow would become against. And there was heat that was applied to the bottom of the stone to help the pliability and the process. When it comes to our own character, we must learn how to come against the bent in our character. We must be carried, rotated, sanded on the stone Christ Jesus, on the stone, the rock of the Word of God, the rock of ages, And we must come against bent in our life. If there's some area of our personality that is bringing us down, despondency, maybe anger, maybe sensuality, we take the word of God and we go against that bent. We put the word of God against the area that we're struggling with. And we take scriptures that go against the problem in our own personality the very area that we're struggling with in our personality and we put some heat because they would pe heat under the stone we put some heat under the stone and that is the fire of the Holy Spirit the Bible says stir up the gift of God that is in you set yourself on fire let the zeal of God consume you so when we're struggling in our character personality problems, deficiencies, weaknesses. We have to go against them by the word and by the fire of the Holy Spirit. And so we must do with our children. A child left to himself brings his mother to shame. A child left to himself comes to ruin. God knows the way of this fallen world and he's given children fathers and mothers so that they can raise them properly, so that they can hit the target in life. So a child needs to have some preparation on its character. As I mentioned just a moment ago that heat would be put to the bottom of the stone to help straighten the arrow. Well, it's interesting that there is a part on a child's body that's actually called the bottom. And you have to apply some heat to the bottom to help straighten the arrow. God made this Bottom of the child of such a perfect texture that it can take some sting and yet not be injured. A place that smarts to smarten up the child. Traditionally, it's called a spanking, you apply some heat. If you do it properly when the child is small and a toddler and coming along, and you apply godly discipline the way the Bible says, when you raise your children God's way, by the time they're six, seven years of age, you no longer need this method. It can be set aside because you have worked on that child in a godly way so that child will respond obediently and respond to authority. There may be resistance, but they know how to submit to the authority. The reason the world comes against this kind of discipline today is because they don't understand it. They think this is harsh. They think this is cruel treatment. That if you spank a child, well, then the child will learn that it can hit as well. Now, all of that is to be set aside. God's ways are right. God's ways are true. God knows how this works in the heart of a child. Because when a, child, when a parent disciplines a child according to the Word of God, applies some heat to the bottom, you don't only apply the rod. The Bible says you apply the rod of correction. Proverbs 29 Or 22.15, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. Foolishness, a foolish way of life, is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from him. The rod of correction is the discipline of the Word of God. And so when you apply the heat to the arrow, there's always time when that is done for... Repentance, forgiveness, affirmation, and prayer. So that you seal that child's repentance in a proper way, in a loving way. A, a parent, a Christian parent, is not to discipline their child in anger, berating them, scolding them, vindictively. It's done in a loving discipline to correct the nature so it comes forth in a godly and proper way. This is the way of the Lord. And how wonderful it is to be corrected of the Lord. I want to say again this morning that when parents apply godly discipline to their children, there is repentance in it, there is affirmation, there is forgiveness, there is prayer. You seal that in a spiritual manner, and it will never hurt the child. It's interesting to me that parents that don't follow God's way in this manner often end up with other methods that do more to aggravate a child than to actually heal a child. And they will twist a child's ear, or push a child, or berate them, call them down, maybe pinch them, push them. And these things bring injury to a child, but raising a child God's way with loving disciplines brings health, and it brings correction, and it brings wisdom. The way of the Lord is tried. The Bible says, as for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. The word of the Lord is proven. I want to put confidence. Maybe I'm giving an answer to some, but this morning, as I prepared this message, I felt that the Lord wanted me to put confidence in some parents here that the way you're raising your children is proper and right, no matter what the world says that you need to apply the Word of God, that you need to apply some heat to the bottom of the arrow, and that you need to bless that arrow and pray over that arrow in repentance and seal the, the repentance in that child's life in a proper way. So don't be discouraged. Go on and serve the Lord. Raise your children in God's way. Number three today, the feathers. Prepare the curriculum. Prepare the curriculum. The feathers of the arrow. And there are three feathers in the arrow. These feathers speak of the curriculum, the teachings of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Or we could further say they are the teachings that relate to our spirit, soul, and body. God has an answer for our spirit, God has an answer for our soul, mind, will, and emotions, and God has an answer for our body. The Word of God has this instruction and direction for every area of our life, and we are to take those feathers and insert them into the arrow of our life, into our children, make sure they're fastened, make sure they're attached properly, because those feathers do something for the arrow that nothing else can do. Those feathers cause that arrow to be stable in flight. Feathers stabilize the arrow in flight. They damp down on the tendency of the arrow to pitch in flight. And they spiral that arrow in on the target. Prepare the curriculum. Attach the feathers. Fasten the fletching to the arrow of your life. Get the word of God into you. Fasten the Word of God into your life so fully that it cannot be detached. Quote the Word of God. Speak the Word of God. Confess the Word of God at all times. Live in that Word of God because it is the answer for your life. It's the answer for your children. Three parts to the arrow. The arrowhead, the shaft, the feathers. We sharpen the calling. WE POLISH THE CHARACTER. WE PREPARE THE CURRICULUM. PSALM 127, VERSE 4 TO 5, AS WE CLOSE OUT, SCRIPTURE SAYS, LIKE ARROWS IN THE HAND OF A WARRIOR, SO ARE THE CHILDREN OF ONE'S YOUTH. SO ARE THE CHILDREN OF ONE'S YOUTH. HAPPY IS THE MAN WHO HAS HIS QUIVER FULL OF THEM. THEY SHALL NOT BE ASHAMED, BUT SHALL SPEAK WITH THEIR ENEMIES IN THE GATE they will possess the gate of their enemies like arrows in the hand of a warrior. Blessed is the man, happy is the man who has his quiver full of arrows. And so we must sharpen our own life, sharpen our children, prepare the arrows, prepare the weapons of victory for our life. It was noted in history, in the days when they used bow and arrows and spears in battle that skillful warriors could launch 10 to 12 arrows a minute. Skillful warriors, every five, six seconds, an arrow would be launched from their bow. There were two to three arrows en route to a target, an enemy, and there's no person, there's no enemy with that kind of expert warfare, with that kind of skill of that archer. There were no enemies that could outrun that barrage of bullets that were coming through the air. God wants us to be mighty men and women. We need to have our quiver full of arrows, full of the preparations of God for victory in our life. This morning, let's close out in prayer at this time. Let's bow our heads before the Lord. Let's ask God to touch our lives afresh. We are the arrows of the Lord's deliverance arrows in the hand of a mighty man lord you're the mighty man you're the mighty warrior and we are arrows in your hand our children are arrows in your hand today lord and father today we sharpen the arrow once again we sharpen up lord god we polish the character this morning anything in us this morning Lord that would pull down our house break down our marriage any words any disappointment any manner any harshness any hardness of heart that has come upon us the wear of circumstances the wear of time this morning we soften ourselves before you we soften our hearts come and do your work Take the bent out of us. Take the crookedness out of our character, out of our personality. The fire of your Holy Spirit beneath us once again, Lord. Father, I pray for fathers and mothers here who have children, perhaps some of them struggling right now with child discipline. Help them to be strong, to know your word is true. To raise our children in your way, Lord, to discipline them properly in the counsel and admonition of the Lord. Above all, cover our families with prayer, cover our children with prayer. Fasting prayers, Lord. Fasting prayers to bring strength, courage. Lord, today for the feathers, the curriculum, Lord, we would fasten the curriculum so fully to our lives, Lord, to stabilize us, to cause us to fly as we should, spiral in. We could have victory day after day. We take the curriculum of the Word of God to our hearts as well. Submit ourselves to you, Lord. This morning, if you're at the drive-in church and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's only one way we can reach the destiny God has for us. Everlasting life, life with Christ, fullness as created beings. That is through Jesus Christ our Lord. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Perhaps you're here this morning and you've never made a decision for Jesus Christ to be a follower of the Lord, but this morning, in your heart, you're saying, I want to give my life to Christ. You're in the parking lot. Please put on your flashers, hazard lights, or please put your hand out the window, extend your arm and your hand out the window. The parking lot attendants will be walking through the lanes and be watching for you to give you a Bible, give you some instruction to follow the Lord, also to encourage you in the ways of the Lord. And we want to, as a church family, come alongside you as well in the days to come and help you in the discipleship of the Lord. So God bless you today. Any that want to receive the Lord, again, please put on your flashers. Please put your arm, hand out the window. receive a Bible, receive some material from Christ City, and God bless you today. Thank you so much for being here, and we trust you have been blessed by the Word of God, and we'll take the counsel of the Lord. Go with God today. God bless you.